Welcome to From the Ground Up, a podcast about small business funding, entrepreneurship, and current events that influence them. Powered by Tenant Financial Group. Welcome to another edition of From the Ground Up, our podcast here that's sponsored by Tenant Financial Group. You know, first thing I guess I have to say for this podcast is Happy New Year. We're excited about the new year. We're glad 2020 is behind us. I know Derek probably echoes that. You know, we've had a good start so far. We've got a lot of stuff going on, and we've got an exciting guest for today's podcast. You know, one of the things that Tenant Financial Group, we work with a lot of franchisors. We work with a lot of franchisees. We see the value of the franchising model. And our guest today represents the biggest organization related to franchising that there is. And one of the things as I was preparing for the show, thinking about it, is the IFA carries on the spirit of what makes franchising so successful. Franchisees are successful because of the power of the network. And a group like IFA really brings the whole industry at large together and creates this synergy between all of us in the industry and really helps lift everybody together. So I'm excited to have Paul Rocchio on today's show. He's going to kind of give us the lowdown of what's happening at the IFA. And we're excited to have you, Paul. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank, thanks, David. And thanks, Derek. Uh, honored to be here and uh, can't thank you enough for this awesome opportunity. Uh, looking forward to s- spending my afternoon with you guys, or at least the next 45 minutes, you know? Well, Paul, there's a lot going on. I mean, you and I go way back in this industry. We don't we don't want to reveal, you know, all of our history. I remember course, our first phone call, I believe, too. <laughs> you know, it was a long time ago, man. That's pretty good for a guy <laughs> guy your age. <laughs> I can't remember a thing my wife tells me, but I, anything related to business and, and IFA and franchising, I, I just have this weird brain, you know, it just remembers everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything that's important. Don't tell yeah, her exactly. I said that. Exactly. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> well, listen, man, we go way back, but maybe the audience doesn't. Give us uh, kind of your background here, Paul, a little bit. So from an introductory standpoint, just so people can kind of familiarize yourself with who you are. Oh, you bet. Th- thanks. So again, I'm Paul Rocchio uh, with the International Franchise Association. Started here at IFA in uh, March of 1999. So I guess I'm coming up on 23 years. I like to say I'm a recovering lobbyist. When I was in college, I got bit by the political bug and uh, ended up moving down here to D.C. to get a master's degree in political management at the George Washington University and um, wanted to you know, get into lobbying. Worked on Capitol Hill for a brief period of time for my uh, then congressman, uh, Hamilton Fish from New York, 19th Congressional District, I believe. You know, I was in my, my late 20s at the time and you know, on Capitol Hill, you either got to try to get on a committee or work on the Senate side or try to get get in with a, you know, with a stellar member of Congress so you don't have to fight for a job, you know, every two years or if you're working on the House side. You know, I really wanted to just, you know, start my career and didn't know a lot about the association world, but a colleague of mine in graduate school, his wife was working at the Chemical Manufacturers Association. So I was in graduate school. School was at night and I was at the time working at Kinko's, for those of you who might remember Kinko's. That was my daytime gig, if you will. So I started working at Chemical Manufacturers Association, and that's kind of where, you know, I kind of cut my teeth a little bit in the association world and stayed there for about 
three years while I was finishing up my master's degree and worked in the state government affairs department and then transferred over to the Chlorine Chemistry Council. And then, um, you know, like anything in D.C., you know, you sit on a number of coalitions and I was kind of overseeing uh, the Washington Area State Relations Group, a number of state government affairs folks at all different associations. It was excellent networking for me. And because of that, I then moved on to the, uh, at the time it was called the International Mass Retail Association, which is now the Retail Industry Leader Association. It was the association for big box retailers, Walmart, Kmart at the time, Home Depot, and uh, was doing state government relations work there and happened to sit on on a number of coalitions like most folks in government relations do and got to know a lot of folks who at the time were working in the GR department here at IFA. And they courted me. They were like, listen, you got to come over here to IFA. We're we're starting. We have a new position. It's a manager of uh, political education and grassroots you know, it was something I was always passionate about. So made the move over to IFA. And at the time, Don DeBolt was our CEO and Matt Shea was uh, my direct boss. At the time, Matt was the VP of government relations. And Matt is now the CEO at the National Retail Federation. Started working at IFA, was doing some federal lobbying and started our uh, political grassroots program and our and our first lobby day, which is now a franchise action network annual meeting where we bring all of our members into D.C. and bring them up on Capitol Hill and, uh, you know, to educate the members of Congress and their staff on how awesome the business format franchise model is and to, you know, not introduce or pass any legislation that would be onerous to franchising. Was doing that for about two years and just really fell in love with with franchising and working with all entrepreneurs, you know, franchisors, franchisees, and suppliers. That's who we represent. And then an, uh, an opening came up in our membership department and, and Don, our CEO at the time, stopped in my office and said, you know, I really think you'd be great in membership. And, you know, I said, let me sleep on it because, it, you know, it's going to change my career. And usually when you're doing government relations work, you move around every, you know, two and a half to five years, you move where the hot issues are. You know, I said, let me do this. I think I'm going to enjoy it. And I didn't think I'd be, you know, here 23 years later, but here I am. Again, we promote, protect, and enhance franchising. That's what we do at IFA. We're a nonprofit organization, nonprofit trade association. And the one thing I just always loved about it and still love about it is that we're not reliant on one industry. And that's one thing that even even new staffers, when they come on here at IFA, everybody is just, they're just amazed at how many different industries that franchise. I always ask the new staff or just people in general, you know, when you hear the word franchising, what's the first thing you think of? People usually say McDonald's or Subway. It's always something food related. And then when they realize that it is 300 different verticals that all happen to use the business format franchise model and franchising, as we know, it's not really an industry. It's a means of distribution, but for lack of a better term, it's an industry, but it's really 300 different industries. So it's, you know, for suppliers, I always tell them, you know, we're a one-stop shop for a lot of different industries. So if you're only playing in the food space, whatever widget it is you're providing to the franchisor or the franchisee or both, you could probably tweak that widget a little bit and open it up to 299 other industries. You know, so again, for the suppliers, you know, I, I always like to say we're, we're a one-stop shop. And on the franchisor side, it's so unique because we have so many different levels of franchisor members. We have micro-emerging, startup emerging brands, and then all the way up the ladder, as I like to say, the you know, all the way up to you know the big boys and girls, legacy brands, McDonald's, Burger King, uh, Marriott, Midas, Meineke, so on and so forth. And everybody in between. It's interesting because a lot of our members, the majority of our members, you know, obviously in the thick of COVID, we're about a 1,100 franchise or members right now. So we lost a couple hundred members during COVID. 
which could have been a lot worse. Some of my peers at other associations had a little worse than than we did. But again, our members are just so diverse. And the majority of our members really have like 200 to 100 units and less almost. The majority of our members join because they might be a, a successful restaurateur, but they don't know anything about franchising. I tell them and encourage them and educate them that, you know, you're not in the restaurant business anymore. You're in the franchise business. And that's why you have to be a part of IFA. You know, you're going to learn best practices. You're going to network with your peers. I mean, listen, there's competitors within franchising, but regardless of whether or not you're flipping hamburgers, switching out mufflers, trying to fill hotel beds, taking care of kids, pets, whatever, you know, franchising is franchising. It's basically all the same. And, and, you know, from my vantage point, I just see this all the time. Our members love to give back to the people coming up the ladder behind them. It's, you know, it's just a, you know, we call it the franchise family, right? It's just a wonderful group and organization and you know, industry, if you will, to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Paul. Thanks for all that background. You know, where we do all of this networking and when we get together and we share best practices, because it does, I mean, it's, it's really incredible how, you know, even competitor brands will, will share best practices. We're all in this together in a sense. And we do that at the grand event every year, which is coming up. The IFA convention out in San Diego is coming up at the end of next month. And man, we are, uh, we're jazzed about that. We, we can't wait to get back. We can't wait to get back together again with our family. I mean, we've been apart for so dang long. What can you tell us about the IFA convention that's coming up? We'll distribute obviously this content across all kinds of social media channels. So lots of people will tune in and listen and hear what you have to say. What should we expect here coming up now that we're finally getting back together again at the upcoming IFA convention? Oh, yeah, you bet. And and yes, we are all very excited. Our members are all very excited. You know, we were lucky enough to be able to have our convention in 2020. It was right before COVID really hit. I mean, last year was was virtual. and But this year we are definitely live in person. Uh, we'll be in San Diego, February 26th through March through March 1st. And we're going to be primarily at the convention center. And then the main IFA hotel will be the Hyatt. You know, we have uh, a room block at the Marriott, the Hyatt, the Omni. Last I looked, we're, we're, we are close to about 1,600 plus attendees right now and about close to 300 exhibitors. This will be like the franchise family reunion. Now, I will say that, you know, starting in, in, in August of last year, the very end of August, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, I'd like to refer to it as this cottage industry that's built up around franchising, you know, not just IFA events, but, you know, franchise update, franchise times, and then, you know, MFV or Com Exposium has the franchise expos. A lot of folks started doing, as did we, started doing conferences again. And it was just, it was great to get back out there and, and get back out, you know, on the road. And there was a, there was a lot going on. I mean, it was like almost, you know, not quite every week, but, uh, you know, almost every every few weeks up through really December. The last event I attended was an industry event, Restaurant Leadership Conference, and that was in Scottsdale. And I left there and was home uh, December 9th. And so now it's we are just in, in the thick of things right now, getting everything organized for the convention. Very excited about it. It's keeping us going nonstop. I love this time of year because not every single one of our members attends the convention, but it's just really the really the one time all year. You know, I'm biased, of course. I think that our convention is the premier franchising event for the year. But it really is the time where we all get to see our members, spend time with uh, you know with the folks. I like to say we're the stewards of this organization. It really belongs to the dues-paying members. So it's it's funny. I, I always jokingly like to tell people, you know, how many IFA conventions do you think I've attended? And you know, people are always like, oh, you've been with IFA. 
20 years. And I'm like, I've actually never attended an IFA convention. I work the IFA convention, but I don't attend it. And, you know, it's a kind of a joke, but, you know, but it's true. I mean, we're, we are there to make sure that we're putting on a stellar event and taking care of, you know, I like to say, you know, at least in the, on the membership team, but all of us here, we like to provide concierge services to our members. And that's really what the convention is. We, you know, we have FaceTime with our members and we're able to help them out and, and talk to them. And I always encourage some of the new staff or people who've never been to the convention. Listen, you know, when you see somebody who's walking around and they look lost, go up to them and say, Hey, how are you? I'm, you know, I'm Paul with the IFA. You look lost. Could I help you? And they might be looking for, you know, a session or a room and you take that person, no matter what you're doing, assuming you have the time, but you take that person and you walk them to where they have to go. Don't say, Oh, just walk down the hall and and, and hang a right. Or if you know, you're, you're busy and you're late because you have to go to a session or something, because we're all responsible for various things. Try to find one of the other staff members, bring them into the IFA office if you're nearby. Again, the convention is is ongoing educational seminars and sessions and thought leadership roundtables on every aspect of franchising. It's the best way to continue your education on franchising, whether you're you've been in franchising for 30 years or you're brand new or you're thinking about franchising. And then even as a supplier, it's a one of the best opportunities to network with your existing clients and obviously to hopefully build relationships with people who will then be hopefully become new new clients. And same with the franchisees, the franchisees who are involved, they network with their peers, other franchisees to find out and learn how things are done at their, within their systems. And if it's, you know, sometimes they bring back a, you know, something that's done differently there that they like, and they'll try to incorporate it into, you know, into their system. So yeah, just, uh, this is the fun time of year for us. And, and, and the other thing I like about it is because, you know, you know, we come right off the holidays and, you know, we're it's January, it's February. And then before you know it, you know, cause we're going nonstop and then all of a sudden it's, it's spring, you know? So it's, it, that's the, the, the other added benefit of always having the convention in, in, in February. Amen. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for spring. That's for sure. Yes, most definitely. Sure. Well, Paul, I want to jump back a little bit to some of your roots. You know, it's kind of one of the lesser known aspects of the IFA and that's the, the work that you guys do in Washington, right? The lobbying work, the being an advocate for the art industry to the legislative bodies that, that are out there to help really make a pro franchising climate. Talk a little bit about that and uh, explain to our listeners why that's so important. Oh, you bet. And, and I'll tell you at the end of the day, like I said, you know, what we do here at IFA, we, we promote, protect, and enhance franchising. So we have a, a seasoned team of government relations professionals, both overseeing regulatory and federal, and then also on the state side. So my colleague, Jeff Hanscom, you know, most states are coming back into session right now. And he's spending a lot of time in California, obviously, with the joint employer issue, AB5, and trying to get that, you know, amended and, and changed to kind of remove obviously franchising from that. And then obviously on the, you know, on the federal side, we now have the, the pro act, which is joint employer, if you will, for on the federal side of things. But I will say, I think one of the best, one of the best stories, if, if you will, to tell about, about how important government relations and lobbying is obviously to franchising, but to any industry is seeing what our team did, our government relations team did during the pandemic. So we were able to, because we have connections and that's what it's all about. We had a seat at the table when the, the legislation was being drafted for the CARES Act and we made sure franchising was included. So then 
it made it very easy for franchisees and franchisors to get PPP money because franchising was included in the Paycheck Protection Program. And also overall in the federal COVID-19 pandemic relief, franchise owners, it was just a lot easier for them to get the money they needed to stay in business, to stay afloat. And I heard that when I started traveling again in the fall, I heard that from so many franchisees. They were like, you guys did a phenomenal job. And, and listen, like, like anybody during the pandemic, it was all about communication. My fairly new boss, Jen had been with us, uh, Jen Brandine, she's our chief revenue officer. She'd been with us just a couple of months when COVID hit. And she and I happened to be at the Unconference out in Utah in Park City. And while we were there with uh, about 100 CEOs, COVID really started to hit that week. She and I got back to the office and this was mid-March and we sat down one night and put together a webinar series that extended out for about six months. And we started these webinars the following Friday and we were doing up to about three webinars a day. And personally, I was, I, I felt like, gosh, you know, maybe we're doing too many, but I'll tell you, we just got our members, our franchise or franchisee and supplier members, they just loved all of the education and just the communications we were providing to them. You know, so that's just a, a quick example. And again, at the end of the day, everything that we were able to do for the franchising community during the pandemic really has paid off and in a sense has made my job easier because, you know, obviously, you know, even within certain verticals, you know, some franchisors in the restaurant space, you know, and their franchisees did better than some others. And at the end of the day, you know, like any trade association, we always try to to not have membership and membership dues, you know, be the main source of, of revenue. But luckily, because of everything we were doing on the government relations side to help protect franchising, it made my job easier because as I was, you know, me and my team were, were reaching out to our existing members to get them to renew their membership. In most cases, we were able to get them to increase their dues because the franchisors currently the due schedule is based on their U.S. gross franchisee sales volume, system wide sales volume. So as you know, as, you know, as their franchisee sales volume increases, so do their dues. And many of our members were more than happy to pay more in dues. But you know, in the same vein, there were some that were having a difficult time, and and we had to we had to make deals with them. I mean, we had to work. I was more than happy to work with them because at the end of the day, it's like I would hate for you to miss out on the things that we're doing here at IFA. So if if I've got to work with you and, and keep you involved, I'll, I'll do whatever I can. And even on the supplier side too, we did that because there were a lot of supplier members who were hurting as well. And and obviously, franchisee members, we were able to you know, really support most of them, many of them. So at the end of the day, everything we do to protect the industry, you know, listen, again, we have a seasoned team of government relations professionals. That's what we do. So we protect the business format franchise model so franchisors and franchisees could continue to grow and thrive and not have to worry about any kind of onerous legislation or any kind of new regulations that might be being introduced or passed. And at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's what, you know, that's really one of the core value, you know, benefits of being involved in IFA. But a lot of folks don't realize, it. you know, a lot of our emerging brands, you know, it's all about Fran debt for them, and which makes perfect sense. They want to be the the next big system, you know, 
on the block, but we're not necessarily in the Fran Dev business, but we indirectly promote, you know, that's the thing we do. We promote our members, whether it's on our website or in our guide or at the expos that we partner with MFV Expositions, Comb Exposium, and IFA members get a discount to exhibit at those shows. Franchising, as you all know, it it's really evolved over the years. And we used to, you know, we're not the only game in town anymore. So, you know, there's the referral networks and, you know, the FSOs out there, the franchise sales organizations. And those folks, you know, are out there directly getting leads for franchise wars, right? But then it's also on the, you know, it's also on the education side too. I mean, that's the prime, one of the primary things we do. We're continually educating our members on best practices, not to mention, you know, even our CFE program, our Certified Franchise Executive Program. Now, you know, I'm currently now, I'm the only person on the staff who has their CFE. I know, you know, other folks are, are going to be getting it soon, or at least I believe I'm the only person right now. But, um, you know, I always like to refer to the CFE, you know, as a, you know, again, it's a certification, but I, I like to tell people, it's like getting a master's degree in franchising. One of the best things, and, it, and it's a ma- mandatory, is the Franguard, the sales compliance course. And regardless of, of what you do for a franchise system, franchise sales, you know, that's the lifeblood for any franchise, right? But it's also, you know, it, listen, it's Fran Dev, but then it's also ops. So there's so many different things that happen within a franchise company. And I've been having so many conversations with, you know, startup brands or folks that are thinking about franchising and they want to come to the convention. And, you know, I have to, you know, tell them that, you know, listen, until you become royalty sufficient and you're able to pay a salary or, you know, or fund your franchise program, you as the founder, you're going to be wearing multiple hats. So you want to be able to make sure, I mean, I hear this, let me take a step back. I hear this all the time from, you know, some of our members, they were like, gosh, I always thought I had to have like 25 or 50 units or hundred units before I could join IFA. I really wished I had joined right out of the gate because I made so many mistakes. And had I been a part of the IFA, I would not have made those mistakes. And when I hear stuff like that, I'm just like, I mean, it's like, that just makes me feel, I mean, it's a, it's a great message, but then it's also, you know, I wish I could just like say that to everyone. And I do, I mean, I try to say that to everybody, but there's so many franchisors out there who probably just don't know that. They just don't know. Yeah. I think, you know, it's like I said, in, in opening up and thinking for the show, it's like the IFA is the franchise system for the franchise industry, right? You guys are leading the edge on, on innovation. You guys are providing, oh my gosh, COVID's hit. What do we do? Webinars every day for the six months. You guys are managing the government relations standpoint. I mean, you guys are the Zor for the Zors in a sense. Well, no, it's it's so funny you should say that because early on, you know, it occurred to me, it's like the franchise model and the association model is very similar. You've got IFA and all of its members, and then you've got McDonald's and all their franchisees. I mean, it, it, it is very, very similar. So I'm glad you picked up on that because a lot of people don't. So, uh, you know, thumbs up, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, you know. When you've been around this business, it kind of starts, you get some clarity around it. But listen, Paul, it's been so good to have you on the show. It's so much good information. The reality is, is it's the true spirit, like we were just talking about. It's the true spirit of franchising. It's helping each other. Rising tides lifts all boats. That whole kind of concept of how we can all be better together and learn from each other. That's probably my favorite thing about franchising and specifically coming to like the IFA convention. It's like you're sitting around the table with a whole bunch of people who have the same desire to learn and be better. And we take that all back to whatever brands that we're helping and helping franchisees, fine brands, and all that sort of stuff. So it's really, really good stuff. Thank you so much for your time. Derek, any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? 
Paul, I just want to say thanks. I want to reiterate what David said. I mean, you know, you personally and and, and the industry uh, at large, I mean, you, you do so many good things and you have for so long uh, just been consistently at the tip of the spear, man. So we just really appreciate you and, and appreciate everything that the IFA does. Uh, we're a supplier member, but, you know, I'm sure I could speak just as uh, poignantly for, for franchisors and, and franchisees. I mean, the value proposition is very, very high for what you get. Uh, out of the IFA. So I just really appreciate you and and appreciate everything the IFA does. Thank you, Derek. And, and thank you, David. And, and likewise, I you know appreciate you, our, our longstanding friendship, and really appreciate Tenant Financial's membership. Can't thank you enough. And listen, before we close, just quickly, I wanted to mention a very exciting new initiative that we're going to be rolling out you're going to learn more about it at the convention, though. It's it's called Open for Opportunity, and we're partnering in conjunction with the IFA Foundation on this. But really, kind of at its core, we're going to be educating everybody that the franchise model is working. It works for families, for our neighbors, for our communities. It's really going to be a campaign that's going to show everyone the true value that franchising brings, not just to the U.S. economy, but just to everybody in general and how it creates jobs and it creates wealth and it helps people realize the American dream. So you're going to be learning more about this throughout the year. And obviously for those attending the convention, you'll be learning more about this, the open for opportunity campaign as well. So just wanted to end on that note, guys, but, but listen, again, I can't thank you enough for this opportunity today. Really appreciate it. Really look forward to seeing, seeing you guys uh, in San Diego in February 26th through March 1st. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen to our listeners. We appreciate you. We thank you for all you do for us and sending content ideas and who you want to hear from. Catch us on our website. You can catch us on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, you can catch from the ground up there. Thanks again for another great show. We'll catch you next time.